Do you know, Joe, what a 6.9 is? No. Something a period fucked up. Jeez, it's, it's, you know. You want beef and broccoli at 2.30 in the morning? <laughs> hey, this is Jacques. Joe. And uh, welcome to Carnival Personnel. Uh, Joe, thank you. Joe uh, had to make the incredulous journey to my humble abode, so it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's been year and a half since we did the podcast from the uh, Nerdseum. Uh, I think so. The last time we did the podcast away from there was, I think, the clowns. Our friend Tracy. Of, yes. Clown named Fun Bags. Um, by the way, she and management are going to go see It next weekend when management is back from Vegas. It Chapter 2. It, it Chapter 2. Um, I will not be making. I you know. Did you see It? I did on video. Uh, and it's good. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, yeah, and it's creepy. Like I don't get scared. This is like one of those horror movies that's like kind of scary. It, I mean, it's scary, but for me, like it's not like jostled my soul kind of scary. You know, it's creepy, and it's good. It's mainstream scary. Nah, pass. Okay, pass for me. Yeah, your clown movie is uh, Joker. Um, no. shakes a clown. <laughs> I mean, wait, so- the Citizen Kane <laughs> of clown movies. Fuck. Take chill. The Citizen Kane of clown movies? I mean... Alcoholic clown movies. Fuck! Take three. <laughs> you mean the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies? The Bobcat Goldway masterpiece. Have you seen it? I've seen half of it or three quarters of it. So I, I was thinking, you know, Joe, Joe's going to crash over here. I, I was telling management, I might make him watch Dawn of Justice, because I don't think you've seen it. Did you see Batman vs. Superman? Did you see the Justice League? Yeah, so I might make you watch that, I was thinking. Or I told her I might make him watch Megamind, which he claims to have seen, seen but doesn't love. That's fine. And if I explained, maybe it's because I'm not there explaining the subtle nuances and saying each and every line just seconds before, which makes it better. But maybe we'll watch Shakes the Clown. Um, You know, Florence Henderson, small, small role. I've seen that part, yes. And Adam Sandler's in it. Um, it's well, right. Barry Crimmins in it. I don't know. It is. It's one of those things where there's a lot of Bobcat friends from the stand-up circuit yeah. and stuff that are in it that are just. Um, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld is not a fan of Bobcat. Really? Yeah. And the latest um, comedians in cars getting coffee on Netflix. There's an episode with Bridget Everett. She's a comedian and like kind of like a burlesque body kind of dancer slash singer slash comedian. And they're talking, and she brings up, oh, I'm friends with, you know, or she's friends with Bobcat, but they bleep Bobcat's name because he trashes the shit out of him. Wow. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out who they're talking about. Obviously, the internet figured it out. I wonder... I guess, basically, yeah, I think his beef was that he, um, he was upset with, I think he thinks that Jerry thought that Bob was upset with him because Bobcat's act was shallow. Like he had he had to go into a character, and then like when he wasn't the character, he couldn't tell jokes. You know what I mean? So right. without the character, there was no comedian there. And I don't know. There's some sort was of, was it like a snobbery thing? No, it was a hatred. Like this is like you don't no. see Jerry Seinfeld, right? But I, I don't think like some people hate. Prop comics like like Carrot Top. Have you ever seen Carrot Top? Yeah, pretty fucking funny. Yeah, but lots of comedians hate him because he's he has to use props to be funny. It's like I, I think funny or funny. I mean, 
Now, we both agree, women aren't funny. <laughs> uh, I do. Did you see that? I agree with you, lady. Did you see that clip that went around all over Twitter the last few days? I don't know who these fucks are. Oh, right. It's four guys smoking cigars, drinking like whiskey, like in like the blazers, like the douchebag. Gentlemen to evil. We, yeah, like that. And it's a round table thing. It's on some right wing thing. And these are quote unquote comedians. Um, and, and, and I mean, I tried to watch the clip. It's like a five minute clip. And the whole discussion is how women aren't funny. And when they and, and when you use Dennis Miller as a reference point, and Dennis Miller, I guess, had said before, like, even as kids, if there's a bunch of kids in a circle and playground and you see them laughing, it's always a boy in the middle telling the jokes. It's never a girl because girls aren't funny. And then, well, Sarah Silverman, her early stuff was funny, but she was mimicking being a man. She was more in a, like a, you know, in a masculine role. I'm like, well, I've always found her attractive and funny, so I guess I'm gay. <laughs> you know? uh, and, then, and then, of course, they thought Roseanne Barr is funny, too, but she's kind of the exception. And it went, you know, that whole thing went around again. And it's yeah. like, and it's funny because Sarah Silverman commented on it. A bunch of other, you know, comics, you know, commented in it. It's like, just... Yeah, I know. It's just going making the rounds. And it's, it's just... Another example of misogyny and we got to beat it down and then, you know, whatever. But, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but... You're a fucking moron. And, and I'm thinking, like, which, you know, do they go home to their wives? How was the taping of the show today? Oh, great. We talked about how women aren't funny, you know? They, you think they talk to their wives when they go home? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Anyways, um, I'm kidding. I think I think women are funny. Yes. <laughs> Just to be clear. Um, now, who was Jerry Lewis's favorite female comic? <laughs> um, That's an interesting question. Um, There's so few. Didn't he say Bob Hope? There's a famous clip oh, right. where he's being in, he's on a panel. Oh, like Milton Berle or something. <laughs> yeah, he's cornered like, well, who, no, he, did, he didn't say they weren't funny, but he was dancing around it. Well, who's your favorite female comic? He's like, Bob Hope yeah. or, or Milton Berle. Yeah, like right. I remember. They, they, I think he begrudgingly fell on to Lucille Ball as the de facto funny person. Right. But then like, after Lucy stopped doing comedy or died... Nobody else in the female gender could possibly, possibly. do comedy. So, so yeah, this uh, I'm going to look up that Bobcat thing. I, I didn't know that they had a beef, but it's interesting, you know, because I like Bobcat. I've always and I like when Bobcat, you know, what, you know, has talked about. You know, that's not how I always talk. Yeah, you know, he's a funny guy. So yeah, clowns, clowns. Okay. Um, so speaking of Jerry Lewis, Joe sent me, and I can't believe what a missed opportunity. Last weekend, we recorded just before Labor Day, and we have the three years we've been doing this, we talk about, you know, what a tradition. And, and, and growing up, that was a huge thing to see how long you could stay up and watch the Jerry Lewis telethon, all this stuff. But you, you found a... You found quite the clip from 80, 92? I think it was 1992. It was part of a compilation of, you know, Jerry being Jerry on the, on the Jerry Lewis Labor Day telethon, by the way. It, you, it, they, it, at one point, I guess, somebody who was like a gopher or like a PA on one of the telethons who later be, went on to become like a, like a director or somebody, um, he was telling the story about how his job was to... Uh, white out at the top of the script. There was a typo at the top of the scripts that Jerry was given during one of the telethons. And I think this was like 87. It said the Muscular Dystrophy Association Telethon or the Muscular Dystrophy Telethon. And Mr. Lewis clearly stated that it should say the Jerry Lewis Telethon. 
And this PA had a whiteout at the top of every page, muscular dystrophy, and, write it and type in Jerry Lewis. And this is on the script that, like, he's not reading this out loud. You know, he's... Right, right. Yeah. It's just he needs it documented right. on every page. Yes. Um, but I, so I, talk, talk about the clip. So I'm sorry. So the clip was part of a compilation of Jerry being Jerry at the, at the MDA telethon on Labor Day. Uh, and he, at one point in 1992, goes into this, this spiel about, uh, he has to think, like, there's a ton of sponsors on these Labor Day telethons. You know, they would donate millions of dollars depending on who the sponsor was. And this particular sponsor that he was talking about was JVC, who, you know, they produce, you know, video equipment and, and videotapes. And their contribution to this, that year's telethon was providing all of the videotapes that the telethon would use to record and to, you know, and, and also to production and whatnot. And so Jerry's talking about thanking JVC of America for providing the tapes to the telethon. And he goes, JVC of America. There's, by the way, there's, there's no, they're all Japanese over there, by the way. It's, there's not one American on JVC of America. And then he goes on a little rant about how they, I'm thanking them for one videotape. They gave us one videotape that you could buy at a Kmart for $8.99, and we're thanking them for their contribution to the telethon. So, for that, I say, uh, a thank you, a J, a VC of America. And he does the teeth and the eyes and the accent. And it's... It's not dated it's, or offensive at all. It's truly the Krusty the Clown doing <laughs> me so solly. If you know what I'm talking about, you, you, you get it. That, that's pure Jerry Lewis. I mean, Jerry Lewis, did, what was the, the, with three you get egg roll? Was that the... Um... I don't remember the whole joke, but no, yeah. No, 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 no. There's a movie role where he plays like a Japanese like waiter or something. Yep. And I think it's with three you get egg roll as the name of the movie. Or maybe I'm thinking, of, I'm, I'm conflating. That up, maybe that's Mickey yeah. Rooney doing. I, I forget. I, I, I kind of hear these stories and these roles and these references Secondhand through the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, it does blur because because I'm trying to remember what you know where I heard you know the 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 the, um, the stories and who was it who was offered the telethon they were going to boot Jerry Lewis without telling him and he is oh, Tom Bergeron Tom Bergeron and he's like no yeah and he 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 did it because he respected Jerry so much but at the same time why am I going to partner with somebody who would treat Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Lewis like this. Yeah, a legend. You know, he was always nice to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Jerry Lewis telethon. But the, right, we, we should have talked a little bit more about the Jerry Lewis telethons and just, like, how he would, you know, chastise the, the cue card guy for oh, showing, showing, like, the wrong order. It's like, you know, or the band leader for, you know, you know, Phil, you know, when we come out of the, when we come out of the videotape, I want you to give me some timpani, and then we go to the tote, you know, but I know you're over there, uh, you know, smoking your crack or whatever. <laughs> he wasn't that hip. I'm sorry. I, he I was wanna, brutal. Yeah. He called, like, he would, like, jokingly at one time, um, he would, like, take one of the camera guys around and, like, give the audience a tour of the people doing the production. And it's like, you know our... Um, you know, you know our, our our stage manager Lucy and our you know, oh, there's our fag director Art, like fag, fag like, yeah, right. yeah. But it, it was like funny to him, which 
by the way, ten years ago was funny to us. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I do have I I still have Don Rickles on my Mount Rushmore of comedy legend idols. Um, but when you see this, you know, I mean, the funny thing about Don Rickles is he was called Mr. Warmth because he was really it was jokes and he was a sincere guy and it was funny. There's those moments in this clip that that Joe had sent me that are just mean. And I don't know if it's a 4 a.m. on the second day and he's like sleep deprived. But well, it was only one. Right. But it was like one day. But it's like, yeah. He, yeah. He, he was a he was. A, he, I think somebody put it best when they said that in King of Comedy, that was the real Jerry. Like right. that, that persona uh, was, you know, that, so that nutty professor, you know, actually the buddy love was probably mostly. Yeah. The real Jerry, that that asshole. Which, by the way, the Nutty Professor, I just started watching for the first time like two days ago. I'd never seen the, the Jerry Lewis one. Jerry Lewis. I, I haven't seen the Eddie Murphy one either. But you know, oh, so far so good. I, I'm halfway through it. <laughs> so we we did we we missed talking about the Jerry Lewis thing, but it did make my Labor Day weekend watching that clip. And I did I I didn't editorialize it at all. I just hit the button to highlight it. Pressed forward, sent it to John and Biff, said, go to the 14-minute mark. Nothing offensive here. You know? I'm glad you sent it to Biff. I had to. Because I, 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 I literally, I, I'm legally obligated any over-the-top adverse really. You know, you know it's, it's funny because we're talking about this. My, my mom was here um, this weekend. And, you know, we, we did the thing. And, like, there was a couple rugs. And she... Um, she, I'm trying to think, you know, how she used the word oriental. And my sister was really politely correcting her. My mom was getting a little upset. My sister was like, you're in a safe place. You know, I'm just, I'm just so that when you go out, you know, maybe, and it is, it's, look, you know, I've done it too. I've used the term for Native Americans. It isn't Native Americans a number of times in the past decade because I'm just, but it was really funny. And then my management, whose mother, you know, was a uh, North Korean refugee as a child, she told my sister, it's like, how often, like the last few years of mine, because it changed, had to tell her mother, no, no, we, you, you can't use Oriental, you know, it's like, well, you can, you know, <laughs> but, but you shouldn't, and this is why, you know, type thing, because things have changed. But I don't know when Jerry Lewis's Japanese impression um, became... Offensive, but I think in '92 we were pretty I, I'm much. I'm pretty sure 1946. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, so that so that was part of my weekend. So thank you for sending that because what is a Labor Day weekend without Jerry Lewis racist clips? You're welcome. <laughs> oh, enough. So, um, what else do we want to talk about? Okay, I think we touched about this before, but. It is dragging on the battle of Spider-Man between Sony and Marvel. And uh and and I know when you're talking multimillionaires or billionaires or the government, when is enough enough? Like who does taking Tom Holland out of the mix help in any way? Like if Sony was to reboot Spider-Man, I do you have a favorite Spider-Man? Because for me, it's this kid. I'm pretty sure it's Tom Holland. Yep, I think. Well, Tom Holland can still do Spider-Man movies, and so can Sony. It's just it can't take place in the Marvel universe. So, 
Tom Holland's kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Like, he gets to play Spider-Man, just not at the Marvel playground. You know, like, he can, you know, he can... Basically, I think they want to do a Venom versus Spider-Man movie. Okay. And... And take away all the Tony Stark. Because you have you seen Far From Home? Yes. So that whole relationship with Tony Stark, which which I mean, are you taking away Tony's suits? I mean, I mean, are you taking away all references to to the Marvel universe in his thing? And pretty much, yeah. I mean, I guess with Spider Verse, they kind of like can maybe license they have license to do that now because maybe this is an alternate universe of Spider Man. Um, you can go that route. Could you know? I you mean, shouldn't, but you could. I know, but it's like uh, how you know, uh, I with 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 the what are we on phase four of the Marvel universe? Yeah. I want to see him in the Black Panther movies. I want to see him in. I, I mean, there's <laughs> there's some TV stuff coming out. You know, with Loki has a TV show. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Like, I I think I think uh, Winter Soldier. And and Captain America, you know, but Sam, She Hulk, She Hulk, um, no, another Thor is coming, another Guardian. It's it's it'd be great if if Tom Holland was somehow, yeah, you know, like like in in Civil War, he wasn't a huge part, but he was a great part, you know. Yeah, it's just gonna be another like kind of weird missed opportunity. It's like, oh, you know, you had something going, and now it's right. not quite. Right. And who wins? I mean, because because you are going to have people who aren't going to see it just because Sony is, and 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 really, are you picking sides between Disney and Sony? To, I mean, it's 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 Amazon, it's Sony, it's Google, it it's Disney. Those are the those run the world. I think yeah, pretty much. <coughs> um, yeah, I don't think honestly, a good movie and a good story are going to bring the audience in. And people have short memories, and people will get forgive if the if the end product is justifiable. Like if the ends justify the means, they'd be like, "All right, it's kind of shitty that he's not in the Marvel universe." So, Man, what a great movie this was! Wow, did right. Sony turn this around? It's like I got it, you know, I got to hand it to Sony. And then there's going to be some dickheads online that be like, "No way, man! Disney but, forever." So, so, uh, so Marvel can't step in and say, "No, Tom Holland." We developed the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man. You can do Spider-Man, but you can't use... Who is he under contract to? Marvel? Or... I mean, and I don't know. I don't know know the details of it, but I would know. he not be able to play Spider-Man? I mean, I thought that was it. That, I, right. I think... I don't know. I mean, I think he's... he's he, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that... I'm not the guy's agent, but yeah, I would think because Sony has the, the movie rights to Spider-Man, that... Yeah, right. Like, do they want to bring in like a a, a new Spider Man actor or? Yeah, I know it, it would be weird to have Tom Holland in a non Marvel movie. Right. It, it's odd. It's weird. But but, I, I, but oh no, he can, I was gonna say he can do X Men, but no, they're they're Fox. So <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I they, I think they're doing. Are they go? Have I heard they're doing a Fantastic Four too, which really? has Again? always failed. Yeah. Always feel my favorite meme. By the way, do remember Chris Evans was you know Johnny Flame in one of them, yeah. And they took the meme from was it wasn't um, Winter Soldier where he jumps out of the building and he like lands like twenty stories down on the shield and he gets up and he runs away. But it, it has the meme him jumping out the building and he's like Flame on, <laughs> and then it cuts him on the ground. And he's like wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we'll, we'll see, but no, I don't know. If, I I don't know. If it's like yes, 
Sony owns the Marvel property. Uh, Sony owns the Spider-Man property right now, but it's one of those things. Did Marvel develop Tom Holland as Spider-Man so you can't use him and you'd have to... I, well, I just well, hope not. Wait, right. I will, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe, you know, Andrew Garfield is in the background going, you know what? I'm still here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, um, fuck you both. Yeah. Figure it out. Um, okay. It, you know, so so moving on, uh, you know. Meanwhile, you're going to be the first one in line to buy Disney+. Shut up. Plus. You're <laughs> yeah, going to be yeah. buying Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. No, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, uh, the Mandalorian. Do we even talk? that We haven't talked about it. No. Because you don't really, you, like, you don't watch the previews and all that bullshit. I do not. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I know I know the Star Wars universe is, um, is expanding uh, beyond, exponentially. Yep. Um, and it's going to be on the late, the, the last uh, the, the Rise of the Skywalker movie, so it's going to continue forward from that with the Mandalorian, which I've I did see the trailer. It looks nice, and it looks really like adult. It looks like dark. It doesn't look like you know Titans dark, you know, <laughs> but it looks like okay. This is an adult. Like, or, I can get into this. There will be no Boba Fett spoiler because you know Boba Fett uh, met his fate. Uh, earlier uh, on, but uh, uh, well, yeah, it, it was yeah. that on Tatooine that he died. Where, where, yeah, it yeah. was on Tatooine yeah, yeah, that Sarlacc. he died. Right, okay. right. Yeah. Um, well, but then there's always I, you know, I don't know the full canon. I guess in the books he climbed out of there at one point, allegedly. All the, all the, well, the books are deemed non-canon. Oh, then no, okay. And yeah, well, when it, Disney to when Disney took over, they deemed all the extent the expanded universe was gone, wiped away. I guess. Um, to that point, but then they relaunched it maybe because I have a book about Ahsoka that is in the universe that is um, that is you know Ahsoka who was oh, part of the Clone Wars for seven years was Anakin's Padawan oh. and then left like and it's funny because like I, we've talked about this before I think they did six seasons and then on the they didn't get picked up for a seventh season and then they did a seventh season and it was like a half a season and honestly it was the most self indulgent they I, I love the clone wars i really do however they painted themselves into a corner pretty good with a couple things on it where uh because it takes place between episodes 2 and 3 and in episode 3 of course anakin becomes and so Wait, and, wait, it becomes what? <laughs> and the um, Luke Skywalker's father. Uh, and the um, and the Clone Wars, like I said, it's seven seasons, but in between the movies, it was only like three years or four, whatever it was, between episodes two and three. And he had this assistant the whole time. And the last half a season, it was George Lucas kind of cleaning up his mess, kind of unraveling things. Like one of the last scenes, it's like Yoda tells um, Obi-Wan, it's like, hey, I just uh, talked to Qui-Gon Jinn, who just before he died, figured out how to put himself in the force and be able to project himself. So someday if you die, we need to explain how you can talk to Luke <laughs> Skywalker. Um, that kind of thing. And at the same time, okay, so... Ahsoka, who becomes a huge part of the Clone Wars, probably the second, third biggest character in the Clone Wars. Um, how come she wasn't in the third movie? You know, it's like, where does she come from? So she's in the book, but then I was in GameStop a little while ago and they had a big poster for the new Star Wars game coming out. And the girl working behind, you know, who, who's there, um, 
was saying, oh, yeah, she's excited about this because Battlefront, I think Chip Boy did not like Battlefront. I guess it was a little disappointing for a lot of reasons. I guess this one is supposedly in that universe, and it's based on a Jedi from the books. So, you know, and and, and I will say, uh, yes, girls who work at GameStop tend to be a lot more attractive when you meet them and they work in a GameStop, and if you met them outside of a GameStop, I think because they play games and they know about them. I could be wrong. Why are you stating your attraction to a GameStop employee on the air? I'm not. Oh. I'm not. I'm just saying. Oh. You know, it's the same thing. It's like when you find out somebody likes, you know, an obscure band. Wait, you like Arches of Loaf? Right. You've just gone up four points. and You're my best friend. <laughs> um, so, but speaking of music, uh, I... You know, I'm not uh, in tune with music like the kids are, like, you know, our friend Dan and Sean from the band or John Hunt, who are always listening to new music. I'm, I pretty much stopped when I got out of Fitchburg. Yeah, took the needle off the record. <laughs> hey, I got 10,000 great songs, you know, uh, but I guess Iggy Pop has a new album coming out, as does the Pixies. Um mm. I don't know if I consider it the Pixies without Kim Deal, and I don't know if she's on this album. So that will be because I literally just saw a blurb on the news. So I couldn't tell you one Pixies song. Yes, you could. I couldn't. Uh, if you gave me the titles of three songs, yep. I could not pick out the Pixie song. Okay, well, we will test that, <laughs> um, and and that's why you. We're never in the band. Well, you weren't beyond it, but officially because uh, that's how both John and Sean came into the band. They had to be able to play bass, and they learned both by playing Gigantic by the Pixie. But but Iggy Pop, so here's the other thing. It's like, I'll see. I was at the gym the other day. Um, you know, just, just walked in to see where I was spending my money every month and walked out. But on the screen, there's a commercial. I guess the Who was on tour. There are maybe... 12 Who songs that are just the greatest songs ever. I You could not pay me to go see The Who. It's like my dad is, my mom's 75 and my dad's 80. I think they're between 75 and 80. I, I, I you know, without looking them up, I'm pretty sure they're at least 70. It, bare minimum, they're, they're 70 to like 75, you know, the, the two remaining, you know, members of The Who. And they might be the coolest 75-year-old guys. I just... Same thing with the Rolling Stones. I was going to say, could you see the Rolling Stones? No, apparently not. You know, I saw... A well, who could you see? I don't know. See? I... I hey Um, Too high. Wow, that is high. That's, that's, and it's going to be... Great. High. <laughs> I could see William Shatner. <laughs> that's who I could happily see. Uh, I don't know. I don't like to pretty much go to things yeah <laughs> you know but if i was going to like to see like i go see you two in a smaller club if they played a smaller venue and, and didn't play anything after like 92 I, I would go see that um if elvis costello played in this room right now yeah want, i'd stick around for a few songs <laughs> i don't even want to see us playing <laughs> like nope. halfway through set oh, ouch ouch wow with friends like this we're not friends um but but so, so with Iggy Pop, um, 
I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime or it's on Netflix, but there's a concert from a few years ago where he went back and he played Detroit for the first time in close to like 35 years with the original Stooges. And it is great. And he looks great. And, you know, I mean, by looks great, he still looks like the very, you know, five foot three, completely toned, ripped, you know, um, uh, heroin junkie, you know. Heroin junkie, not hemorrhoid junkie. It's, I don't know. I'm not getting that personal, but uh, but I know at least the heroin. Um, I don't know how excited I am about a, a record from a 70 year old Iggy Pop because he he too is like you know his you know yeah he's 70 plus he's like 75. I I'm with you. Am I an ageist saying that? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, I'm with you. I mean, it depends. It it also depends on like how much you've kept up with the artist as they've aged. You know, if you stop listening to their music from 30 years ago and haven't and if they've been producing new music and you just haven't bothered to follow along with their journey, yeah, then maybe you'd be less inclined to be like, "Oh, okay, I'm not going to, you know, now just jump on the bandwagon." But it sounds like Iggy Iggy Pop's been not recording for some time. No, he, every few years and and it's okay. usually pretty okay. I mean, it, it's sad because you know, I, I when I say like the early stuff, my favorite, you know, two Iggy Pop albums came out before I was born or right around when I was born, like 69, 70. And it's it is crazy how undated some of the stuff is. It's it's funny because my little guy has really gotten into the Ramones because the Ramones are used in Spider-Man and in the Shazam movie. And he was amazed that you could use the same song in both universes. Uh and then there's other, and it's really funny because, you know, he, he's the one who looks like he could pop and stuff. And he started getting like, you know, and, and it just blows me away that you listen to Iggy Pop's album, you know, the Stooges with the songs like, you know, uh, No Fun, 1969, Want to Be Your Dog. And it predates the, the, the Clash and the Ramones and the Sex Pistols. By six, seven years. It's like, it's so crazy how ahead of the curve, you know, Iggy, Iggy Pop was, um, you know, and, and this is, you know, I could do a whole Iggy Pop podcast. I just might, you know, he wrote some of the biggest David Bowie albums were written by Iggy Pop and stuff like that. So like that said, I'll listen to him, but, uh, you know, um, but I just think it's interesting. On one hand, I'm kind of excited about an Iggy Pop album, but when I saw the Who on tour, I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, you're you're a curmudgeon. You don't like to go out. That's one thing. But I, hey, you know what? It, you don't have to uh, grow up and grow old. You know, you just sort of stay frozen in that uh, you know that 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 fourteen year old mindset and just perpetuate that until you're two feet in the grave. Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah, and nobody's forcing you at gunpoint uh, yet. Pretty much, I think isn't well, that'll eventually be like we'll, law. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, speaking about force, did uh, you know the 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 straight pride parade which we talked about last week? I only bring it up again because you know we had a party at our house and the wife brought a, a pride flag and she you know she wanted us to fly. We do have a flagpole here, so this isn't leading into straight pride pride, right? Right, a <laughs> rainbow, you know, flag, you know, uh, or oh, oh, gay pride, gay flag. pride. Flag. Oh, okay, you got, you got to, you can't just say pride. You know, you can't. I guess I, you, you, there really are 
fine people on both sides. Um, it was a pain in the ass. I don't know how to hang a flag. Like, there's these ropes, and you got to hook this, and the pulley system. We've lived here for two years. So finally, got it, flew it. And then she texts me. She goes, I think you put the flag upside down. And I'm like, which side is up? Right. Well, then is I'm, it the orange stripe or the purple stripe? Well, well, I had the purple stripe up, and I guess it's supposed it's to be the, purple the, stripe the, down. the red stripe. You know, I don't know the, I don't know which, which side, which earring I'm supposed to pierce if I want. You know, but so on the basically, you were just promoting homophobia. I was right. It's like hanging the American flag upside down. You know, like anarchy. Kind so of. I did. I had to come. Like I came home from the gym, and I'm like, damn it, Christ, I have to climb up and do this damn thing again. Her friend came over. You know, was gay, and he's like, what are you? doing i'm explaining to him and he's like i don't think we care right. <laughs> i'm like yeah i don't think i care either but i just don't want like people driving by and it's like you should have hung oh. it sideways <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it does it always makes me think of the you know i do i feel a little bad for the homophobic guy who loves rainbows <laughs> you know and, and and they took him they took that from him, you know. Um, I don't but, but, think there's a lot of. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, gay pride, an arrow would help, maybe. Yeah, right, exactly. Of like, uh, this side Look, up, I'm trying. I'm trying to be as woke and as as you know progressive as possible, but. You keep adding letters to, you know, it used letters to, and colors. Seriously, it's like, oh, oh, you gay, you queer, great. But now I have to remember there's a D and a G and like a silent Y. There's an umlaut in there now. <laughs> German people aren't gay. That's right. So, <laughs> all right. All right. When I get in, enough of that. Okay, let's get into the good stuff. Um, the fall of Western civilization. Um, you know. I don't know if I feel more worried about the end times or feel, okay, we're not the only fucked up fuckheads on the planet when you find out that the UK is truly, that that flushing sound you hear is, is a democratic republic that's been around hundreds of years longer than us, flushing themselves down the toilet quicker than we are. Uh, they call it the loo. The loo. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, you know, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. You know, it, it, as much as we joke, it's like, yes, Putin has won. Russia has won without firing a shot. Boris Johnson um, ha has truly gone out of his way. He wants to do, you know, this no, no Brexit, no deal Brexit. He's only been in power for like, he hasn't been in power for a month. You know, and, and as we talked about it, the way that they work, the Prime Minister Theresa May stepped down, and so they don't have a re-election. Just that party, you know, elects somebody. So 168 people decided who's running the entire kingdom now. And he's had three on the parliamentary floor, three initiatives to be voted on that have all been voted down. Like, he has failed miserably at everything, and in fact... They have a slight majority, but you know, twenty brave, twenty of their brave conservatives, which you could never say here, openly said, "I have to put my country above my party. I can't vote for this." One of which is uh, shockingly um, William Churchill's. Have you followed this? William Churchill's grandson, who was like the first one to say, "Yeah, no, this is insane. I can't back this," and it wasn't like he just went against the party. 
Boris Johnson has the ability, and he did, throw these people out of the party, which means they can't run on the ticket to be reelected. So signing against him was truly, truly throwing their political careers out the window, mm-hmm. 100%, until he resigns or he gets thrown out or something like that, then they can run again. But he can keep these people. So it, it is. It, it's it's shocking, like, the amount of power that their prime minister and the head of their party can have. It's, it's you know, here, if you say anything against Blotus, his his supporters will primary you. They'll throw you out through electing somebody else to take your seat or something like that. But he can't automatically say you're out of the party and you can't run on the Republican ticket again. Right. Uh, but these people, they stepped up. And it, but he is. He's completely. He he wants to do a no deal Brexit, uh, which. You know, you voted to do this, but you were in partnership with everybody else. You can't just say, oh, the deal's off and we're leaving anyway. And, yeah. Right. There, there's there's trade agreements that are in place with all kinds of, you know, um, and, and that nationalism thing. Yeah, it doesn't work in a partnership. And he, he called for like new elections and they voted that down. So one guy left the party like, right. and switched sides. Like right. he went from the liberal conservative to the liberal and he lost the majority vote. Right, because because it's razor thin, you know, and and, and and the same thing here. It's like it is wafer thin. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, it's it's funny because in the past week there was a clip, and I don't know where he was, but Blotus, there's a little black girl, like he was going to take a picture. Oh, that's fake. That's the president. That's show. the president show. But in England. That actually happened. Like he's walking and, and he goes to shake the man on the hand street. And in the most English polite way, he asked him, could you please leave our town? <laughs> you know, that was not on their version of the present show. That actually happened. But uh, but yeah, but it, it is. It, it's hard to tell the difference between the present show or, or, or Veep. You know, I mean, if we're going to get into it now, because that, that was my first thing. Um, it wasn't the first thing, but Sharpie Gate. Yeah. Is it hysterical or is it tragic that that is the leader of the free world? Uh, it can be both. It could be tragically hysterical and hysterically tragic. It's, uh, yeah, so if you, in case you haven't heard, so Hurricane Dorian was, uh, it slammed the Bahamas. It was a Category 5 hurricane. It was moving at one mile an hour, devastated, devastated the Bahamas. Uh, it, 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 uh, it, it was on landfall for about 36 hours, and it was headed towards uh, it was headed towards the states, headed towards Florida. And early, early, early projections showed the cone of possible wind force and where areas would be affected and how much uh, damage or wind uh, they should be expecting from the first landfall of Dorian on the U.S. Uh, eastern seaboard and obviously florida was you know the first state but at the very perimeter of the early reports they thought maybe alabama maybe as far as alabama might get like 20 mile an hour winds you know um a couple of windmills would be you know affected or you know weather vanes cancer machines exactly so that stuck with the president of the united states so much so that even days afterwards, when the projections had changed, and it looked like no, that it's not going to be affecting that uh, far inland. It's going to go right up the coastline. The president still tweeted, "Well, 
you know, this could have, this is going to affect Alabama and Florida. And, and then when they had to do a actual presentation of, you know, uh, what the uh, current latest projections were and what the FEMA response was going to be, there was an Oval Office meeting where they had printed out a map of the most recent projections. They being the Weather Service. Right. The National Weather Service printed out a map of Florida and the eastern seaboard and the current projections of Hurricane Dorian, and it showed them... It showed the hurricane affecting most of Florida and kind of just stopping short of the panhandle. But the president wasn't satisfied with that because he had just recently tweeted Alabama was included in that, you know, that devastation cone. So what did he do? He took a Sharpie off camera, of course. He didn't know. He he denied knowing how it even got there. But there was this black marker bubble that extended beyond the National Weather Service's predictions to include Alabama just so the president didn't have to admit that he was wrong in a tweet. And he doubled down day after day after day. After day. day. Yeah. Now, do you give him credit for knowing where Alabama is <laughs> on a map? The you fact that he could find it. You are looking on the positive side of things, I'm, I'm and, and I like that. Uh, what, what does a hurricane in Alabama and a white trash divorce have in common? What? One way or another, some guy's losing his trailer. Um, hurricanes are funny. <laughs> they are. They really can. But yeah, I mean, it's like that kind of insanity. So they've been talking. They have been the Republicans for years, but it's moved forward defunding the National Weather Service and privatizing it. Like, that was something that Romney had talked about when he was running for president that is still one of those things. They want to privatize everything. If you have a fucking wingnut like this who can, you know, overseeing it. I mean, it, it's the number of of scientists that they've lost, that the Weather Service has lost and these other government agencies, the FDA and stuff like that, that we've talked about, the EPA. They have literally gutted the science aspect of all these things. That's just the most fucked of the fucked. And at the same time, just a week before, a week ago, we were talking about how he just took money away from FEMA, you know, to put towards a wall as a hurricane is bearing down on, you know, you know, the Bahamas are gone. They're ruined, I guess. They're just completely flattened, which is... It's not completely flattened, but yeah, you know, I mean... Yes, a lot of the Bahamas are just... And this is their second worst hurricane, apparently. It, but it's the first um, um, level five, am I saying it was right? Category five. Category five that the president's ever heard of. The first one. Right. He didn't even know that they can go category five. Now, there's been four other ones <laughs> since he's been president. And I guess there was a... Hur- I forget which one of the hurricanes that... He, as a private citizen in the Trump organization, got a lot of flack for, and there was an investigation uh, applied. I don't remember which hurricane hit, quote-unquote, hit Merlargo, like about 10 years ago, and they got like one-point-something million dollars, you know, and and, um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, not like restitution, but compensation compensation or something like that for damages done and all that stuff, and people are like... Yeah, the sign fell off the front door. You know, it's like <laughs> your vacancy sign, you know, fell down because. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a kind of just fucked up thing. It's like 
the fact that you would tweet out and and like you said, double down on everything when he was corrected about it. He's like, I, I've never heard of one of these. It's like, yeah, here's the other ones. And they were actually, the Daily Show played a clip of him. At a rally mentioning a Category 5 hurricane. And at the rally, like, months ago or a year ago, saying, I didn't even know they could go to Category 5. Was that the one with, with, with the Maria? big water? With, uh, with, with the big water? Ocean water? Was right. That, was that the one where he was? The biggest, the wettest, yeah. I mean, everything. Anyways, he's just a dumb fuck. Although, the bright side of the Sharpie gate is that... The, the memes was the best. What was your favorite? My favorite. I'll go first. Yes, Somebody took one of like him on the golf course wearing his stupid white shirt, and they sharpied him like broad shoulders and abs on him. <laughs> There's lots of them. There's ones where he's um, standing next to Melania holding an umbrella over his own head, <laughs> and then they sharpened in an extension of the umbrella over his her head so that they could see. Then now he's a gentleman. Uh, there's another one where the ball on. Where a ball that he putts on his golf course is shy of the hole, but they cross out the actual hole and <laughs> draw a real them. hole over the golf ball. Or the one where they had all the stick figures, you know, lining the uh, the root of his inauguration, like filling all the plague. With right. People. Uh, or the one, the, the the ones with the big hands around his oh, small hands. Those are. I mean, it was. I mean, yes, we're laughing about the world burning. Uh, but don't we always? Laughing with the wood. It, 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 Some well, people well, just want to laugh with the wood burning. <laughs> so, so, you know, so we already talked about him like last week taking money for FEMA. This week he's pulling, literally taking candy from babies. He's pulling money from the fund for daycare for military families to put towards the wall. Did you cover that? I mean, that's something where if you're like, okay, let's make up the stupidest shit. Let's talk about the stupidest shit. Um, that could never possibly happen. Fucking with children of the military families, early education fund to build the wall because apparently Mexico hasn't hasn't sent a check where their check bounced. See, <laughs> no, but I think actually that uh, didn't they backtrack on that? Didn't they rescind that plan? I haven't heard if they rescinded, but it's, but the outcry. Ha- I mean, who who? You cannot ever say support the troops and literally be telling the people, you know, stationed in Kuwait right now. It's like, yeah, your wife or your husband is going to have to figure out something about daycare because we're defunding the daycare program we have for deployed soldiers' children. Uh-huh. Um, but my favorite thing this week is Mike Pence went to Ireland. And I, I think people are overlooking. There is now an actual investigation going on because he stayed at a Trump property, and the 60 people detail and who flew over with him all had to stay on the Trump property. You know, uh, the property isn't doing well in Ireland, and, you know, the whole the whole Monuments Clause, you go down that thing. The big thing is, he was over there to meet with the Prime Minister, who's a four-hour flight away. So literally, you were staying on the other side of the country, and people are making a big deal, and rightfully so, about the Monuments Clause and paying the Secret Service people to have to stay at the room and all this stuff. I think people are looking. Mike Pence is just such a homophobe, and the Prime Minister of Ireland is gay. Is he staying as far away as he possibly can? Because it is true. Gay Irish people are contagious. 
I don't know. I was waiting for a punchline, man. <laughs> yeah, there's no punchline. <laughs> but it's like, are we overlooking that that could have been one of the reasons? And the reason Mike Pence was in Ireland is he was stopping over on his way to Poland where the president was supposed to go. Couldn't make it because it was a commemoration of the 80th anniversary of World War II starting. The war actually started. The official start of the war was when, you know, the Blitzkrieg. Yeah, uh, Crystal Knock and all that. Yeah. yeah, rolled into Poland. And Trump congratulated them on... You know, congratulate the great people on their 80th anniversary. Three million Polish Jews died in the war, but one-fifth of the entire Polish population died in World War II. And as soon as we liberated, you know, got the Nazis out of Poland for the next 50 years, they were ruled under Stalin and, got, you know, it's like, and we're congratulating. Just, I mean, it's almost like, yeah, it's like he's like, Again, going back to being the Sharpie weatherman, like he was like Willard Scott. And congratulations to Poland on their 80th anniversary. I mean, like I told you, I think it's hysterical when I give a bar mitzvah card out for somebody's like, you know, Christmas or give a Christmas card out on your birthday. Um, I, 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 I've been doing that gag. Let's see. Carry the one forever. Um, but can we go one day without either a huge scandal or just being a dumb fuck. Just, just just one, can we get one day? And and usually it's a scandal that he covers up by being a dumb fuck, you know? Or the dumb fuckery leads into a scandal. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's it, it's exhausting. It's exhausting, but uh, too bad. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go cry. <laughs> Why? I don't know, because we got a defunct sponsor now. Oh, hi. I'm getting ready for the Jerry Lewis Labor Day Telethon. Labor Day, September 3rd and 4th. The biggest show of the year. And we're going to have a lot of people on it, like Bert Stern, Harry Rowley, Mildred and Phyllis DeSimmon, the Kate Colvin brothers, Maud Povey and his dog, the two chimps and Barasini's sister, and his mother's place. So don't forget, September 3rd and 4th, whatever year you tune in, it'll be on this show. Okay, sport. Uh, of course, you know, this post, the the morning after, actually the game ended around midnight and this post around midnight. So Joe and I are right now basking in the glory, which is the 1-0 Patriots who beat the Steelers at Gillette. Uh, it was nothing like two years ago at the banner ceremony where the Kansas City Chiefs came in and kicked them in the, you know, kicked them in the mouth and the balls and all that good stuff. Uh, but... This week, Joe, this this past week, it was the most um, Oakland Raidery of Oakland Raider weeks. So Antonio Brown, who I think by all accounts um, can be put in the piece of shit category. Most most of your big name wide receivers, you know, tend to be diva douchebags. He he really has taken up a notch. I mean, and I've always loved the fact that, you know. I think he, I think Antonio Brown in his career is something like one in five in games played against the Patriots. You know, a couple of those are AFC title games. Uh, fun fact, it's like when you talk to real experts, the, the second highest paid people in football are your wide receivers and your corners. You know, I mean, that that's the game's a passing game. The guy who throws the ball, 
the guy who catches the ball, the guy who tries to keep you from catching the ball. Those are the big paid positions. And those tend to be, you know, the receivers and the corners tend to be your drama queens. Um, but Antonio Brown is also in that category where you look at the greatest wide receivers in the past 20 years in football. Like for the past 30 years in football, you go down, no, I'll say 20. I'll say I'll, this millennia. You can count on one hand the number of these diva wide receivers who have been paid more money than God who have won the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of them have made the Super Bowl, but you can't go down the list of the great wide receivers. Terrell Owens never won a Super Bowl. Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl. Jerry Rice. Well, that well, that's what I say. <laughs> this I know, but since Michael Irving, you know, since Michael Irving with the Cowboys in the nineties, you know, yeah, granted, Atlanta almost won it, and they have two great receivers on their team. There, there are there was a couple, you know, absolute great receivers out there who've come close. But winning the Super Bowl does not depend on a top flight household name, future Hall of Famer, and, and you know, um, who, who's who's a wide receiver out and. With with the Arizona Cardinals, played twenty years in the league. I'm trying to blank into his name. He's great. But you go down, look at the top ten receivers in football the last ten years, and the only one who's won a Super Bowl is pretty much Julian Edelman. And you, he is honestly, I'm not kidding. He is paid like one fifteenth, one fifteenth, one fourteenth. What, what Antonio Brown is. So Antonio Brown shot his way out of Pittsburgh. Like they got, he's so great, but they got so tired of his shit. Like they needed to win the last game of the season last year to have a chance at the playoffs. They had a win and two teams had to lose. They benched him. Like his bullshit missing practice that week. They're like, fuck it. It's not worth it. We, we need to win this game. And he showed up and it, people didn't even think he was going to show up. He showed up on the sidelines, and I believe he had burrowed Joe Namath's 1970 big fur coat that he was standing on the sideline. And so he shot his way out of town. And the uh, the Oakland Raiders, who are soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders, this is their last year, they're going to suck this year. You can give them the greatest wide receiver. They have a marginal quarterback who they know is on his way out. They're playing for draft picks. They're playing for next year and the year after. John Gruden has a 10-year contract for $100 million and part ownership of the Oakland Raiders. That's what they had to give him to come out of the booth to get back into coaching. He's not going anywhere, so he can suck. You can also suck because you're leaving the city you're in this year. So it's not like you're worried about alienating the fan base and having two or three crappy years. They kind of want to have a crappy year to get higher draft picks the next couple of years. But for some reason, they decide they had to get Antonio Brown, and they have to pay him $30 million. For how many years? Well, no, it's a $30 million signing bonus. Oh. Like, yeah, he gets like something like $18 million a year, but a $30 million guaranteed sign, you know, bonus for – but all in the offseason. Now, I haven't followed this because I haven't followed sports, but I've caught up. I made up for lost time. He, I guess, has had a problem with his helmet. So he wouldn't come to training camp because the helmet he had, and the same, Brady was in this category. The league changed helmets two years ago, but last year you could be grandfathered in to wear the helmet you wanted one more year. But starting this year, you have to have, you know, these better helmets. Um, he couldn't find a helmet that he liked, so he didn't come to training camp. He sat out all the training camp. He sat out everything. Like this week is like the first time he's back in camp. Because he had all these issues, and he was getting these huge fines for not showing up in camp. 
And then he got fined by the team, which happens all the time. But usually when you're negotiating with a team, yeah, we're going to fine you $10,000 a day for not showing up, but it's getting, it gets blown away. It's not a league fine where you can just forgive it. Um, I guess the, the team didn't forgive it, and he got a letter from the team saying, here's what you're being fined, and here's why. He took a picture of it and posted it online saying, like, you know, e, my old team hates me, or haters got to hate one of those classic, you know, things. Um, which the team said, look, you can't do that. Your contract, this is detrimental to the team. You can't pull this shit. I guess he got into a screaming fight um, at practice two days ago or last Thursday, threatened to hit the GM, allegedly called him a cracker, but some people said it. he did say it. Some people say he didn't. And the team was like, the talk around the NFL is like, okay, Where's he going to be playing in two weeks? Because he just shot his way out of Oakland. Oakland has to be smart enough to realize you got yourself in a world of hurt. That this guy was a fucking nut job on a playoff team that ha- that should have been in a couple more Super Bowls than they were the last couple of years. Um, you're not going anywhere with them. Here's your get out of paying him $30 million card because to get out of paying that guaranteed money is if you cut him, not because he didn't make the team, because the thing's detrimental to the organization. I guess one of the reasons also that he didn't make it, and I, I haven't looked it up, he did something like he froze his feet in the offseason. He had some kind of... Oh, like cryogenic therapy. You heard about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like deep-freezing body parts to like, you know, it's like a, a muscle therapy. Which which resulted in some kind of like freezer burns. Like like he oh. he he literally couldn't practice for a month because he fucked his feet up. Yeah, you gotta put the Ziploc bags around him first. <laughs> that, that bag. And so he couldn't practice because he fucked his feet up. Then he wouldn't practice because he didn't have the right helmet. This is a guy who doesn't want to play football. And so Who is the Andrew Luck? Oh, <laughs> so the uh, so the talk was, and it's always the talk. Oh, he's going to go to the Patriots. You know, you Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, all these reclamation projects, and everyone's like, well, first of all, no, he he wouldn't work here. Second of all, you don't need him. Yeah, <laughs> look, I live for Julian Edelman, but he, he doesn't strike. I mean, the thing is, the funny thing is, he doesn't strike fear into the opponents because he catches these seven yard passes and runs for five more. He's not this track star who catches these 60-yard passes. So, And it doesn't – we've talked about it a number of times. Jules catching four 10-yard passes, working the way down this field to score a touchdown that's ran in by Sony Michelle from the one-yard line doesn't count as much as a 60-yard bomb that you stretch out and you tap the toes in the back of the end zone. They, they, they're not nearly as mean as much. Right. They, they don't. They don't. Um, so – so, yeah, we don't have Gronk, so it's like the talk is he's coming here. The talk is where is he going to go? And then the Oakland Raiders say, no, no, it's it, it's fine. We worked it all out. And I'm like, dude, you you got out of it. Right. I, I think people who hate football more than maybe Antonio Brown might be the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> the the right. management of the Oakland Raiders. I mean, that family is renowned for just fucking things up and just yeah. getting in their own way and just mishandling all of these incidents and, and for, historically like yeah. Mark Davis has taken over for his dad Al Davis. Yes. Uh, so, uh, great guy. Say what you want about Al Davis. Oh, he's a fuck. Oh. The NFL does not exist as we know without Al Davis. Um Al Davis, Lamar Hunt, probably Paul Tagliabue. And, and maybe Vince Lombardi. They made 
football what we know it as today. Like, like truly, 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 Al Davis made the NFL what it is today. It wouldn't exist to the level it, it does. It wouldn't have had the success. That said, <laughs> he outlived his usefulness by 30 years. Like, yeah. th- you know, through when he was still running the team. So he died nine years ago, something like that. But through the 90s, like when, when they were in L.A., they wanted, I want to say they wanted in 87, 86, 87, 87, 88 in L.A. And they were a great team. But he was drafting in the 90s, in the early 2000s. The game had completely changed by that point. And he was still drafting the same way and had the same principles and didn't evolve. Uh, if you've seen this, 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 you know, a couple documentaries, it's like Marcus Allen is one of the greatest running backs of all time. Marcus Allen 100% goes down as the greatest running back. Better than... Better than um, Better than uh, Deion Sanders. And Barry Sanders. Better than Barry Sanders. Better than Emmett Smith. Better than, why am I blanking on his name, from the 50s, 60s, from the Cleveland Browns? Oh, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. But the problem was, Mark Davis hated him so much, he kept benching him all the time. He would demand from his coaches that once you get into the red zone, Marcus Allen comes off the field. Like so, they they would rather kick field. He would rather kick field goals than have Marcus Allen score touchdowns. So Marcus Allen would get the ball from the twenty to the twenty, be the best running back because of Al Davis. And it, there was this great documentary, if you mark, uh, you know, on it. But yeah. Al Davis has fucked up. His son is one of the, and we've talked about it. Half the NFL is being run by sons or grandsons or great great grandsons. Yeah. You know, of teams. Yeah, Jonathan Kraft. He will be taking over, undoubtedly. The, the Roonies, you know, um, uh, you know, with with Pittsburgh and and the and the and um, the Giants. Anyways, the Jets. They're all a bunch of fuckheads. But Mark Davis is like, I cannot believe that they have this opportunity to get out from under. They and he has been nothing, literally nothing but a PR nightmare, a horrible teammate, a horrible person to have on your roster. And he hasn't touched the ball once. Like, he hasn't played in the preseason games. He hasn't dressed. He hasn't been in training camp. This was the perfect opportunity to say, fuck, we don't need this. You think it was the Mass Pirates guy? You think it was <laughs> Jawad Yatim, Y-A-T-I-M, from the Mass Pirates, who I thought was the biggest fuckhead in all of football. But, uh, no, I guess uh, Mark Davis and uh, John Gruden are the fuckiest of fuckheads. Well, just counting down the biggest <laughs> fuck-ups in management in the NFL and the arena football arena. So since, since we talked and did our, our Patriots preview, um, a couple things have happened. The, the Miami Dolphins, now, I'm going to preface by saying Miami will still beat the Patriots this year in at least one game. They could... They could win three games. I predicted they were going to beat them th- next week, right? Right, or right. This week, game two. Game two is. coming up. Yeah. Um, however, and, and I still think you're right. I know you're right. But Miami, since we posted our podcast last Thursday, decided we're going all in on Tankapalooza 2019. And I think it was the hour after we were done recording, they ha- they traded away their absolute stud, someday will be in the Hall of Fame lineman for a bunch of draft picks. And they made they made Ryan Fitzpatrick their quarterback. Now, 
So they just evacuate their team for the hurricane? They, they pretty much <laughs> did the guy who saw it by letting him get out of town before Dorian got there. But seriously, they you you can't you can't. I, I think there are laws against like the fire sales. Like you know, a couple teams have done that in professional sports. Like it was, oh, not the not the not the race. Who's the other team in South Florida in baseball? Uh, oh, the Marlins. From Florida Marlins, they actually made it to the World Series like twelve years ago. Um, the fans were excited. It was their best season. They sold out on season tickets, and literally the week before the season. Had, a, had what was called a fire sale, and they got rid of everybody. And there was all these season ticket people trying to sue up. Well, Miami is one of those teams where if they fuck up and win six games, they go from drafting number three, four, or five to drafting twelfth or fifteenth. You know, the worst. And I feel bad because Brian Flores, who was our defensive coordinator, who put the scheme together to hold the Rams to three points in the Super Bowl, is their head coach. And they know they're going to suck. Ryan Fitzpatrick is interesting. If he once he throws a touchdown pass, and he will throw a touchdown pass, maybe in game one, maybe in game two or three, he will be the first quarterback in NFL history to have thrown a touchdown pass for eight different teams. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing about him, first of all, he he's I don't know if he was drafted or if he was drafted, he was a late draft, but he's from Yale. Name the great quarterbacks from Yale. And the last century, <laughs> you know, in the 1940s, man, they were a powerhouse. I think All-Star Tommy was a freshman in 1940 when they won. But they, uh, but honestly, he's one of these guys, and, and it, he is the perfect guy to play against the Patriots. Because whether he played for the Jets, whether he played for the Bills, now he will be playing against the Patriots for the Miami Dolphins. He's played for every team in our division uh, against us. You see the week before he throws one interception or throws three interceptions and one touchdown for 102 yards and got sacked six times, beats the Patriots by 13 points the next week. I mean, he really plays the Patriots well. And and last year for Tampa Bay, he came in and he ended up starting eight games and winning like six and lost one in overtime. I mean, he has these flashes of, but he's He's, you know, he's a career 400 quarterback. Um, when you name him your starting quarterback in his like 12th season, 13th season, and you just traded away the one guy in the line who could possibly protect him for two. But that's the thing. They got two first round draft picks. So Miami, after we went off the air, um, the Texans got rid of their big linebacker, you know, who they had, um, they had franchise tax, um, for draft picks. So they're not completely conceding the season. Miami is pushing all chips in for 2020, 2021 season. Andrew Luck steps away, which it's funny. We talked about Andrew Luck, but since our last podcast, um, Jacoby, uh, the quarterback for the starting quarterback for the Colts, our third string quarterback two years ago. Is now being backed up by our backup quarterback the last two years, Brian Hoyer, right. who the Patriots released. It's like, so just because you got everybody who was in the quarterback room with Tom Brady doesn't mean you're getting. And it's funny because they also had Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels took the job a year and a half ago and like signed the paperwork, started hiring assistants, and then thought, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, when, um, when, um, when uh, help me out here, it's a wonderful life. Jimmy Stewart. When when when, when he shakes his hand All when right. he takes a job. Well, uh, well, is it a deal or isn't it? Oh, it's a deal. 
Okay, Mr. Potter. Wait a minute. No, no. Uh, <laughs> this, this is all wrong. I don't need 24 hours. I know my answer now. And it's no, no, good uh, doggone it. You, 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 you sit around here and you <laughs> Yo. spin your webs and you think the whole world around, revolves around you. Well, it doesn't, Mr. Potter. In the vast configuration of things, I would say you are nothing but a scurvy little spider. And that goes for you, too. The end. No, no, he tells the lady to. Right, I know. For I know. You. And that goes for you, too. I think that's what happened. Josh McDaniel signed paperwork, started hiring assistants, and then shook you know, Jim Ursay's hand. Uh, fun fact inherited the team from his father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, these are like plantations. They, they really are, you know. How were these guys not slave owners? Uh, they were. That, where do you think they made their money? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You know? Um, and and so yeah, so Josh McDaniels almost went there. It's like the Colts hate the Patriots and they were high all the, but yet they can't wait to sign our free agents. So uh, yeah. so so basically, the NFL AFC comes down to Pittsburgh. We'll see how they do. Um, Kansas City Chiefs and the Patriots. And I'm thinking we should just play a round robin two games against each of these teams to find out who gets home field advantage. And because honestly, I, I well, the Chargers could be good too. The Chargers, you know, but, you know, uh, Phil. Philip Rivers is one of those guys. He could be Philip Rivers. He could be Phyllis Rivers. He can have two or three great games. He can have four in a row where it might as well be me throwing left-handed. Or a woman. <laughs> Women are funny. Um, or good quarterbacks, apparently. <laughs> uh, let's let's see. So, so the last two things I wanted to talk about sports, and it's becoming a little bit of a thing, and I get it, but I think it's getting a little overblown. Drew Brees. From what I understand, is a good guy. Was a huge part about helping rebuild, you know, after the um, Katrina. Katrina, thank you. Uh, it, you know, time, money. I mean, he's, you know, I think he's an overrated quarterback when people say because he's a year younger than Brady and he has like the most yards passed, like, you know, but he's missed the playoffs half of his career. Like, half, it's like Sean Payton is his coach. And he's supposed to be a great coach. And I'm not saying he's not a very good coach and Breeze isn't a very good quarterback, but you can't put him in the same category with a team who's missed the playoffs once since 2001 if you've missed half the time. If you've won one Super Bowl, Versus being to nine, you don't put him in the same breath. But I guess he's he's a he's a Bible thumper, hmm. and he just did a PSA for bring your Bible to school day coming up, um, um, supported by a group called Focus on Family. Oh, good. Which is a absolute. Um, they have spent more time and money fighting the. LBTQ umlaut community, um, you know, are, are all for forced abortion and and are, are literally and, and part of the thing is bring your Bibles to school and maybe you know help coach up the people who don't know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior and the only way to keep from damnation is to follow their lead, mm. uh, which you know it's like I I'm not saying. You know, you don't have a religious right to believe in it. I just think, you know, maybe in the public school having to bring your Bible to school day. Anyway, so he's getting a lot of crap for doing PSAs for. Oh, okay. Well, does, you know, does you know, he know all that, or is he? Just oh, there's, of, there's no way he is. He's a. I cannot say the word. Forgive me. An even evangelical. Yeah, he's a proud. You know, I mean, he doesn't. For him, homophobia is a breeze. <laughs> you see what he's done there. So I thought that was interesting. So. Uh, as as I as I've talked about 
not talking about the Patriots and not listening to sports radio. Past week, I've made up for lost time. The NFL Network had their Do Your Job Part 3, the yearbook of the Patriots. Um, they also had the America's Game. Like They had two different shows highlighting the 2019 season, the NFL Network did. And what I enjoy most about those two programs and what I've enjoyed most about listening to the two sports radio stations this week getting ready for the game is the montages of maybe 20 clips, 25 clips of your your uh, Max Kellerman, your um, you, you know Roy Parker, I'm trying to think of the other one's name, your, your Colin Cowherd, your top uh, wait, who? Colin Coward. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Coward, yeah. All these national talking hosts, their predictions before last season, and as, you know, the Patriots started off 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. And then late in the season, they own December. Like, the Patriots winning percentage in the month of December. Like, September is is always Buffalo's month. <laughs> you know, the, we talked about that. Buffalo went 4-0 and in the preseason, and they're bragging about that. So now they celebrate August. But the Patriots usually start off slow. It, like, September is their preseason. You know, Tom Brady usually only plays a quarter or a half in the third preseason game. He doesn't play in the first two or the fourth one. No reason to, you know. Um, somebody trying to make a name for themselves as a linebacker, you know, on the Tennessee Titans in week one of preseason, taking Tom Brady out. Um, so so they, they, they usually look at that. But the Patriots are like an 850, 900 winning percentage in the month of December under the Belichick-Brady era. Last year, they lost two games in a row. Um, you know, the, the miracle in Miami they had, you know, the, the Steelers beat them, and all the stations, and on those two documentaries, on the NFL Network, not local things, have montages of the end of the dynasty, this is over, it's not a blip, his arm is gone, he has a noodle arm, you look at, you know, the whole... And it's, like, funny, because people were, like, a little upset, because, like, you know... Brady, when they when they when they beat the Chargers, you know, on the sideline was doing the interview. It's like, yeah, I know people say we're too old and we suck and we can't win on the road because they couldn't. They lost five games last year. All five of them they lost on the road, and now they were going into Kansas City, and it has got me ready to run through a wall, jacked up. There's nothing. Next to winning, the only thing I like more is listening to all the people who didn't pick against them, didn't say, well, you know, the Patriots are great, but the Chargers are hot, and I'm going to go with the Chargers. But they all have to make a name for it because eventually they're going to be right. Yes. Eventually. Right. The end is nigh. Right. These are all like uh, televang- uh, televangelists, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs, repent now, the Patriots are the devil. And the world's going to end. The, yeah, they're, right. Their their uh, world is going to crumble, and I'm the first to tell you about it. And and, and the day the day that Brady falls off a cliff, Max Kellerman's going to say, "Look, two months ago I said that. Max, you said it five years ago. Yes, but I also said it two months ago. But it has. It, it's it, it, and so many people like before. Like I don't know why Patriot fans are so you know defensive and always. It's like, dude. It's like. Listen to everybody else in the world. It's not in my head or your head, Joe, or 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 you know, a friend like John's head, who I'm always talking about. It's or like, Ted's head, Ted or, or you or, know, or Ted. you know, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> you got a four clothes on Ted. <laughs> the um, 
Now, now that's a loan. <laughs> right, right, right. You pay that back when you can. But uh, but seriously, it, it has made my week semi-bearable uh, with listening to last year's, you know. And again, it wasn't one or two people. It wasn't just this outlet or that outlet. There is a whole industry that's been built up the last five years where all these people own their careers – and and why a, a Roy Parker, Ray Parker keeps getting on the NFL Today and, and Good Morning Football and all these shows as an expert because he doesn't have takes on the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cleveland Browns. Who gives a shit? The whole thing is this is how the Patriots suck and why. And this is because, again, the Patriots last year, they draft a running back. He doesn't play the first four games because he has a knee injury. And he had knee injuries in college. And even people like me are like, hmm. Maybe not use a first-round draft pick on somebody who had knee injuries all throughout college who hurt his knee. And the same thing. They finally go out. This is the first time in like 10 years they use their first-round draft pick on a wide receiver who's now on the IR, who's not going to be playing. He can't practice with the team till week eight. You know, it's like and the whole Belichick, you know, Belichick can't draft and he doesn't develop talent well. And they do have the oldest roster on the league. They're also... The, the the talk is also about how he can't draft. Brady's older. They're the oldest team. They don't have Gronk. Are they going to the FCA title game? Oh yeah, but they're probably going to have to play on the road, man. <laughs> you know they they've fallen off the cliff. So you see what happens when he doesn't talk about the Patriots for about three months. I, I honestly, he probably could have done this every week for three months. <laughs> well, I did. Yeah. Just to myself yeah, right. in my room, and I worked hard. Okay. Now, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on, on the Patriots no. that we didn't cover last no. week? All right. I have no thoughts on Drew, the Drew Patriots. Drew Brees hates gays? Uh, so you say. <laughs> um, but, okay, so now we'll move on to 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 your domain. Hmm. What what have you been playing this week? Uh, what have I been playing? What have I been playing? Not too much, actually. I mean, now the only news on the Nintendo front is there's a new Smash characters involved, like the Super Smash Brothers game. Who, who, who are they? Banjo-Kazooie. From, it's a video game from the Nintendo 64 era that was developed by a company named Rare. They are now owned by Microsoft. So Microsoft technically owns the licensing to the characters Banjo-Kazooie. So it was sort of a Disney Marvel or Sony Marvel kind of agreement where... Microsoft allowed Nintendo to use their licensed properties in a Nintendo game. And, of course, during the announcement, the person who developed uh, Super Smash Brothers had to jokingly do a plug for, oh, by the way, you can also play the original Banjo-Kazooie, now available on Xbox One. And he's doing this during a Nintendo broadcast. So it was like one of those things where it's just like one hand washes the other kind of stuff. So that's new. And uh, the other thing is that now on a Nintendo Switch, if you have the Nintendo Online, you can uh, not only play old Nintendo games, you can now play old Super Nintendo games. Ooh. Yeah. So they've, unle- they've unveiled, I think, 20 titles, and they're all like really good stuff. Like, So if you've never played... And you always wanted to play Super Mario World for the uh, Super Nintendo. You can, you know, the kids today now can play Super Mario World. They can play Legend of Zelda. You don't have to buy those little. Um, have these games not been? Have these games been on emulators before? Yeah. Oh yeah, they've been emulated to death. But I mean, as but far you can't as, like, play it on this platform. Exactly. You can now play it on the go if you wanted to. But it's more about it's for the kids. 
Um, you know, and there's a lot of like deep cuts in there that are really you know good titles. So have you played Smash? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I I played Smash like two iterations ago when it was on the Wii. I kind of got into it like because it had the Wii version had a single player mode, so like a story mode. So I can relate to that. I hate online gaming playing multiplayer bullshit. Fuck it. I like a one player story. Loner, loser in the basement. That's what I like, and I know you can't relate to that at all. I, not, not one bit. <laughs> but this this version is more about the online matchups and playing with your friends and building your character and all that shit. And it's like, okay, there's some like you know achievement. There's like you know achievements you can get in Smash, but I just haven't gotten into it. I'm old. Uh, your your oldest is a big Smash guy. Yes. And he plays a snake. Is it is his jam? I guess I don't even know anymore. I don't talk to him that much, so he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. I but think this my is... little guy likes. Um, I almost said Cupid. Um, oh, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, because Kirby has the ability to replicate their the enemy's uh, powers. I think the first time I saw that was at your house, and I was watching the boys play with with, with your guys, and I'm like. Hard pass. <laughs> you know, these floating things. And it was interesting watching the things in the background, but I'm like, so... Right, because the backgrounds are all themed to different video games and they're... And, and, and as the points go up, it's like you take damage and I'm watching go up and I'm like... 108% or 150% damage, but you're still... Yeah, you're still... How are you still around? You know? You know yeah, like, you can get up to, like, 300% damage and still barely making it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a weird game. But um, very popular. Yeah, kids love it. Yeah. Um, I might... I doubt it because we've got too many things going on this weekend, but a while ago, I bought... And obviously, it's old because Telltale isn't around anymore. There's a Telltale Batman game that the little guys i forget where they like i think they played it on our system it was like you could get chapter one for free and they downloaded it one day and i finally got the disc when we were in california because you know drive three thousand miles to go to a game stop there well you know and um but i did i i i i got it and i haven't played it but it's like one of those things where i keep seeing you know and the boys are like oh you haven't played this yet i'm like yeah, I want to play it on a weekend when uh, you fucks on around. <laughs> like, like when I can enjoy it and really get into it get and stuff immersed. like that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's why I keep going back to playing like Resident Evil Five sometimes because it has that mode where you can sit down and play a ten minute game and you can jump online and play like a one on one. You can team up with somebody to and and I do. It's it's so sad that I, I like when you see like you kind of play with a noob and you can get them, yeah. you know, the highest badges. And it's like, you know, it's like it's so pathetic how happy it makes me. I get it. Me. I get it. I, oh. I mean, you know what? It, it, it's it's universal. I'm sure that 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 you want to be able to pick up and play and just beat the shit out of somebody. Right. So just you know. Oh, I, well, help somebody beat the shit. Like, I'd rather right. that. But it's like, yeah. But if I'm gonna play this this Batman thing. Yeah, I don't want you talking to me and and you know play for ten minutes and have to you know pretend to care about what management wants to yap about or anything <laughs> like that. So so because uh, so is that what we're gonna be doing tonight? <laughs> you're, you're gonna watch me play. Uh, uh, so uh, so Joe had to bring the whole studio here today. That's right. And and knowing knowing that is the most popular part of the podcast other than signing up um is a random video game review so he brought why, why don't you hand me the, the 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 package and explain to the good folks what i'm rummaging through 
so typically Jacques pulls a game off of my Nintendo Entertainment System collection on my basement shelf, but I couldn't fit that in my car. So instead, um, and I don't think we've actually ever done this before on the Random Video Game Review, because these games aren't typically on my shelf, I brought uh, my collection of Game Boy games and some Game Boy Advance games in there. So, um, yeah, I, it's about a dozen or about a dozen or so, maybe ten Game Boy games, original Game Boy games, and um, some of them are quite nice, and some of them are Game Boy Color games. Uh, some of them are Game Boy Advance games. Those are the smaller ones on the side there, but that, that's a different generation. Why do we stick with the Game Boy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Game Boy games. I can't really do a random video game review because you can't see what's in here anyway. So. <laughs> I know, right, exactly. I'm going to have to, maybe you have to give me like a clue or something. Um, so. Um. Or, you know what you could do? You, oh, you know what you could do? You could, uh, no, that's, I was going to say, turn them upside down and I'd have to like pick them up, like, you know, and say like, oh, I'll, I'll take this one. Or I just reach into the box myself. You and, could, but I think I found one. All right. But I, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I, I saw it and, and I just fell in love with it. It's like, uh, let's see. Like, like, Kubert uh, like hit me. Like <laughs> just, just. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of what I have for Game Boy games. Um,. You fell I have no idea if Cupid has anything to do with it. Oh, but. oh, oh, Kid Icarus. Uh, Kid Icarus 2. All right. <laughs> Doesn't it look like a Cupid little guy? Yeah, I thought you said Cubert. I'm like, um, Cubert. Oh, yes. I do love Cubert. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> this is uh, Kid Icarus. Oh, man, I got to open this little Did kit. I really wear out? Am I remembering that wrong? Or did I wear out a keyboard at that job we had in LA by playing <laughs> Cubert? I think you wore out. Yeah, I think you did. Because I put that on your computer, and then uh, you told me to take it off. Because you were just losing time. Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. Man, this is the one game that I didn't play. Yeah, I haven't uh, played this game much. All right, then you, then why, don't we, you, why don't you rummage through blindly right. and, and, and pick out a... Uh, Paul, do you got any rummaging through a Game Boy bag music? We're going to rummage through the Game Boys. Rummaging through the Game Boys. Hallelujah, it's raining boys. Game Boys, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Uh, let's see. I, I have in my hand, I have in my hand the final Game Boy game. Was, uh, I have in my hand the last envelope. Oh. From Karnak. Karnak. Very deep, obscure cut. Shisk boom ba. Sis boom ba. What is it? <laughs> what well, Dolly Parton's breasts. No. <laughs> uh, what's the name of. Uh, 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 what is the sound an exploding sheep makes? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Here's a good one Metroid 2, a game I've beaten. Ooh. Yes. Metroid 2, Return of Samus. This was recently remade for the Nintendo 3DS. A game which I also bought, which I haven't beaten. I'm kind of stuck on because they, it's not a one to one thing. It's like it's reimagined and all that shit. But Metroid Two, Return of Samus, Metroid is that uh, that kind of maze game where you're a um, like an astronaut or some shit, and you have to uh, defeat the the Metroid uh, aliens who are infecting a planet. And also uh, d defeat Mother Brain, who is, I guess, the leader of the Metroids. And it's, it's, a, it's a convoluted thing. But anyways, the game is mostly about uh, figuring out the maze of the planet 
uh, finding missiles to uh, armor yourself. There's like different weapons that you can pick up along the way to beef up your your armor and your weaponry, and it's uh, it's fun. And this is a nice um, a, a nice addition to the Metroid library. There aren't that many Metroid games, but when they do come out, they are usually uh, well received. And uh, this one is known for its uh, its music and its its sort of eerie um, atmosphere. It's kind of like Alien in a way, you know. That's sort of like you're you're on this sort of deserted planet that is, you know, overrun by these uh, Metroid aliens that uh, you have to defeat. And it's fun, and it's got a beat, and I can dance to it. And how many, how many different iterations and versions of this game do you think you own, and how many are there? <laughs> so there's Metroid, the original Metroid for the NES. Then there's Metroid 2, which I'm holding right now for the Game Boy. Then there's Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo, which is a fantastic game that I've beaten. What platform? I've, for Super Nintendo. Okay. Uh, that's also available on the Super Nintendo Online, if you have that. Um, and then there's, um, like, uh, uh, what is it? The, 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 for GameCube, there was Metroid Prime, the three Prime games. Those were well, those were well-received. Uh, those are, like, 3D, like, first-person shooter kind of things. These are, like, more of, like, the side-scrolling platformer-type uh, games. Um yeah, and then there's the Metroid 2 remake that they came out, like I said, a couple of years ago for the 3DS. And it, it's fun. And it, 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 But they're all very eerie, scary at times. Um, very puzzle-oriented. and It's very uh, map-oriented. Like, you have to sort of... St- you're eventually equipped with a map, and you have to determine where things are. You have to, to find go. the map. Uh, yeah, like there's like in Super Metroid, especially like there's a uh, like there are these little uh, modules that you you did. I guess you have to like you touch and then you download a portion of the map to your map directory. You know what I mean? So like you get like little bits and pieces of the of the overall planet map a little bit at a time. I don't know. It's fun. Uh, Metroid, uh, Metroid Two for Game Boy, and maybe I'll play that tonight. No, you won't. You're going to be watching either either Shakes the Clown, uh-huh. the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies, um, or, 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 or maybe we'll watch Megamind. Maybe watch something completely different. Maybe we'll watch Endgame or Infinity War and Endgame because I really don't think you can watch one without the other. But I think you're lying. I don't think you've seen Justice League. I, I, I think you've told me you have, so I won't make you watch it. I don't want to watch this. Because I thought it was because it's good. I thought it was. Yeah, a well, guest. you guessed wrong. God damn it. <laughs> okay, so so what are you watching? Uh, one thing that I re- can sort of recommend for Netflix is the documentary Screwball. It's uh, it came out a couple of years ago, but it just made it to Netflix, and it's about the A Rod doping scandal. Ooh, it's really funny. The way that the, the movie's produced, it involves and actually has participation from the doctor who supplied the um, the human growth hormone and the, and, and the steroids to Alex Rodriguez and Peyton Manning. Well, we'll get in there. <laughs> Is that on there? Oh no! I mean, it's a, it's just one Miami doctor. Oh okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, but they all went through there. Um. This isn't the Balco thing. It's either. not the Balco. Okay. No, no. This is um yeah, this is something else. 
Uh, but this is just like Alex Rodriguez is probably like the highest profile guy. But um, it's told it's told it's it's told documentary style. They interview the guy who uh, was the whistleblower who brought it to the attention of on uh, the uh, like the the, the Miami. Uh, I forget the name of the, the the paper, like the Miami Post Herald. Post Gazette or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Daily Bugle. Yeah, <laughs> but it when they when they do the reenactments of the events, it's all done by like twelve year olds, and it's so fucking great. It's really funny. It's really well done. Um, the pre- I'm in. You, you got to watch it. We should watch that tonight. That's great, uh, but we won't. But it that is worth worth a view. It's a it, and it's a nice like ninety minute kind of documentary, and uh, it shows you know it also shows like real footage of the news events or the news coverage uh, uh, surrounding the, the the event. That pitch must have been great. Okay, so here's our twist: we're gonna have a twelve year old. But it's great because like they have a twelve year old Alex Rodriguez. They have a twelve year old like uh, you know um, the, the doctor. Like the doctor's telling his story about what he would do. In a, in a, like you know, one day, and and it's done drunk his, history style. Uh-huh. So when you when they're reciting lines of things that they had said in the past, the kids are mouthing along to the dialogue. Yeah, that's so great. yeah. And I will watch this this week. Okay, so Screwball and it's Netflix. Netflix. You um got through episode six of eight of The Boys on Amazon. It, it, it got funnier. And darker at the same time. You're having a tough time getting through this one. Watching it with management. Oh, like yeah. like that's that's why the know. old ball and chain. I mean, I think I think this weekend Titans drops on DCU. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be done with that by Sunday night. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll get a good like. Well, and I think there's 12 episodes this time around. I think there was only eight last time. So yeah, yeah. So I'll need a good 13 hour window to get through this. Hopefully, it's as good as last time. Um, very much looking forward to that. But yeah, that's that's you know because and, and of course you know uh, do your job part three and America's game the 2019 or 2018 New England Patriots. So uh, and I will say uh, when I talked about Julian Edelman's documentary a couple weeks ago, man, he is my favorite player on the football field. But I don't need to see uh, uh, him uh, him talk much much at all. You know. But uh, but yeah, I'm still I'm still on the boys. It is still great. Uh, cool. More importantly, what 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 do you got for a parenting tip here? Um, hmm. I don't know. I usually go to my parenting tip guru, Jacques. I think it's important, Joe. Each and every day, you tell your kids how much you love them, and you make clear. You really fucked up, and I'm pissed at you, and it's everything I can do to not beat you with an inch of your life, but I still love you. <laughs> so so even when you are so close to wanting to beat them with an inch of their life, you know, you, 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 t- you take the time to tell them you love them. Yep. That's, yeah, that's my parenting tip. Okay, good. That's a, and that does, not, that does not only apply to children. You know, if you want to beat anybody. No. Yeah. You just tell them you love them as you're beating them to a point. I don't know if there's anybody you want to beat more than your children sometimes. Other people's children? Oh, fuck them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't you miss the days when you could hit other people's children? Can a man relax? My neighbors do. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> My whole neighbor, too. All right. Joe, thank you for coming over. Thank you for having me. And this has been a blast. So thank And thank you at home for listening to us talk about bullshit. I don't know why I still do this. I do know why. Because I need a friend. This should, this should this podcast should be Joe needs a friend, <laughs> like the Conan. Yes, yeah, right. That's why I'm going with that. Um, so yeah, Carnival personnel is over for this week. Tune in next week, will you? Won't you? Why you? Why you? Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs>